0: And a big welcome to Terry Mason from the Independent and Peaceful Australia Network, otherwise known as IPAN. What a Terry Mason. Thank you for joining us here at Karma. Thank
1: you for the opportunity.
0: I was wondering if we could start off a little bit about talking what the aims of the inquiry is. Uh, Could you just give an explanation on why a people's inquiry was thought to be needed to be done in the first instance?
1: Um, look, this inquiry has been an ongoing uh, inquiry. Uh, it been back to about 2012, I believe. I wasn't involved in I've only just come on board recently. Um, but it was a, a response in 2012 to uh, the announcement of uh, the establishment of much greater US presence and bases uh, within Australia without a lot of adequate... Um, uh, consultation, and particularly consultation with our mob around the country, there were there was quite a bit of imposition going on on training grounds and where bases would go, without proper consideration being taken. IPAN is an interesting group. Uh, it's it's an amalgamation of people who are concerned about peace. There are church groups, there are union groups, there are political people. Uh, It it goes right across the spectrum of uh, people within Australia, Um, and they were concerned about the implications of where uh, military alliances and military bases and military involvement might take Australia. And I've come on board uh, with this inquiry this time um, because I was, I, like many other people, were concerned that a lot of the reporting around these issues has been—it's uh, been a bit piecemeal. The media will pick and choose uh, what uh, story they want and uh, and what they'll put out there. Um, and we wanted to make sure that this time we were gathering a wide range of, of views because. Uh, one of the things I was expressing to the the uh, committee was that there's this, still this idea of pan-Aboriginality, that there's one Aboriginal view and one Aboriginal circumstance right around the country. And when you come to things like um, uh, military alliances and uh, military bases and military presence around the country, there's so much diversity there for our, our people so. Uh, we wanted to make sure that that, uh, that was reflected in this. And um, I, I'll, I'll harken back to uh, being an academic. I was involved in the review of um, Aboriginal education, I won't say in which state, <laughs> uh, about 15 years ago. And there were oral submissions and written submissions coming in. And my job was to do a concept tree on all of the Aboriginal uh, concepts coming in from these submissions. And I was looking at it, and there was no mention of racism. And I said, look, there's no mention of racism here. And I've been looking at the past reports, and there was no significant mention of racism, but there's a lot of racism being expressed here and how so they were denying it and what the problem was our mom were say circumspect and polite they weren't about to say this teacher is racist or this person on the reception desk at the school is racist we were describing racism we were describing actions so they were putting it down as school culture and it took about 3 months of debate before they put in for the first time in that report a heading of racism now, that's that might give a background of why I wanted to get involved in this uh, this network's uh, report this time, because if you don't have the lived experiences of what's going on in this this type of communication, then it can be really hard to know what people are, 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 are stating if you're looking at it from a Western point of view and not a mob point of view.
0: Why do you think it's important for Aboriginal people to either question or, or talk about things like the uh, alliances between countries like Australia and the US?
1: It's, uh, it is important because um, we're still sorting out in this country the issue of sovereignty and self-determination and true land rights, um, and where culture and custodianship uh, fits in with that, and then the ongoing social and economic and environmental impacts and implications. And there's been, there's been very little uh, conversations around how military alliances might impact on that, and even within our communities, uh, it can, can be uh, quite divisive. Um, we've got a situation where this morning... They've just announced on the ABC that along with the nuclear submarines there is intended to be more um, military aircraft bases uh, put into Australia. Um, this is all news to us. Where are they going to be? Whose land are they going to be on? Um, even if a community says, yep, we agree to that going there, what type of negotiations are truly going to be there about where it's actually sited? who's employed there, what you know, the impacts that might have on the society and the, the community and, the, and the, the economy there. And it flows on then to, there's a say, community um, in Queensland had a 20-year negotiation, shall we say, over a training ground there. Uh, and it, it impacted immensely on their, their sacred site. They've now, after 20 years, come to terms with a negotiated uh, settlement around how that training, those training exercises will continue. But the damage has been done largely. If you look at the um, south coast of New South Wales, where there's a Navy base, there's PFAS chemicals from firefighting now that is destroying the continuing uh, aquaculture there and the food, food systems. Uh, the, these are real impacts for our people. Now, that doesn't say that people may be entirely opposed to circumstances. Uh, we have a lot of Aboriginal peoples who are involved in the military. You know, I've got many friends who, who have been in the army and, uh, and family as well. It was the source of their education and their future employment. You might argue that that's not good that you should be able to get an education and then do better in the army if you wish to choose the army shouldn't be your education source but it, it's not a, an easy issue where there's one answer or another but it can be divisive we've got uh, communities who are happy to have uh, space and rocket uh, launching sites on their land and others where they've been complaining that the right people haven't been consulted it's going to damage the environment. It's going to impact on sites and nothing's flowing back to them. It is really important when you consider the idea of, of custodianship. It's not just about whether this is good for a person or a group at, uh, at this particular time. Custodianship is ongoing and not just now. Um, and my role uh, in this IPAN uh, uh, review uh, is not to push any personal views. Uh, mine is to, to oversight and, uh, and look at the responses coming in and get that diversity reflected uh, and, and try and get away from this idea of pan-Aboriginality, that here is the Aboriginal answer. Within this uh, this situation around military alliances, and and show that diversity there. I see this time this inquiry being the start of a conversation, and and the, uh, and the ability is there for us to be able to bring in uh, these diverse and uh, uh, more informed conversations uh, that will trigger for the next inquiry they have in a few years' time, a wider range of informed views. So I see this as a fairly new situation for us, a new involvement, and one where we're starting off the conversations in a national way to reflect all those local issues. So I see it as a positive
0: the forum comes at a time, and you've mentioned it also briefly earlier in this discussion, that we hear about the recently announced AUKUS agreement, which sees nuclear submarines deal with the US and the UK. Um, how apt do you think it, it is that we hear from First Nations people in the country, particularly at this time in history, uh, especially with announcements like we've seen this week from the US President, UK Prime Minister and our Prime Minister...
1: I find uh, it an interesting circumstance. I think everyone's been a little taken by surprise that uh, there's been such a a dramatic shift in the understandings of where Australia would be sitting concerning um, nuclear-powered military equipment. Um, But certainly it raises the questions for our, our people's of uh, where are the bases going to be? Is there consultation around uh, how that will affect local communities? Um, Is there any advantages to our communities? Are there any threats? I I couldn't answer any of these questions at the moment. Um, I don't know who could. Uh, I'm not aware of any Aboriginal peoples around the country at all uh, being involved in that.
0: Are you confident that Aboriginal people will be involved in the discussions if, say, more bases were built in remote locations, Uh, I suppose similar to Pine Gap here in Central Australia?
1: I'm not confident at all uh, because I've not seen that demonstrated in the past.
0: Do you think that there is certainly a, uh, a, a hesitancy from First Nations people, especially in remote communities, to see military... Bases be built on their lands?
1: The understandings and the conversations I've had with people around the country uh, uh, in my travels um, there's in many cases a greater hesitancy to have bases on their land because of the lack of consultation and uh, the lack of ability to negotiate the terms of bases and where they are and how they operate and the interaction between people and those involved in the bases, um, and that's totally separate from uh, the wishes of some people to be involved in the military. So there's two different streams of involvement there. That um, certainly there has been expressed in some of the submissions. I don't want to preempt anything here, but there has certainly been in some of the submissions that have already come in uh, an expression of uh, suspicion um, around how much uh, respect and involvement negotiation there has been and there will be in relationship to the responsibilities of custodianship. And that's been coming forward, that um, people are concerned about their responsibilities and custodianship towards land uh, as opposed to human involvement with the the base or the military.
0: Has there been any exploration of what alternatives are to, say, a US-Australian alliance and where Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voices are in that kind of... Aspect. Do, do you see that there is any other um, alternatives to a military presence here in Australia?
1: I'm not aware. It doesn't mean that's not there, but I'm not aware of any alternatives that have been discussed at uh, at any any uh, great level. Uh, and that's one of the hopes of IPAN here, in mm. that we start the conversations that may open up some of these discussions, and look forward to that opportunity to to uh, see that happen.
0: In terms of foreign policy, where do you see First Nations voices leading towards? Do you think First Nations voices have a place in foreign policy in this country?
1: Uh, talking personally, <laughs> yes, I do think there is a need for that. Uh, I'm a strong advocate for uh, treaties um, and, uh, and part of the... Um, process of negotiating treaties uh, would uh, bring up the situation of, uh, of Aboriginal people's relationships both with wider Australia and internationally and with uh, Aboriginal peoples around the world. So yes, I, I personally do believe it's important.
0: Now, the People's Inquiry are still calling for submissions, and I I believe it's until next week that you are calling for submissions. Is that right?
1: That's certainly right, yes. Um, There's several ways people could do that. Uh, If they're on Facebook, they could just uh, type into the search bar at the top, IPAN, and they will get uh, the Independent and Peaceful Australia Network uh, Facebook site, and they could post it uh, into messages there. Um, for people uh, around uh, the Central Australia area where you are, mm. uh, there's a Gmail um, address. That's ipan, I-P-A-N dot Alice Springs at com. If they want to send it to you, we'll get uh, Jonathan Pilbrow from IPAN in Alice Springs to come and pick them up. Uh, but certainly, look we would really welcome people or groups or organisations sending them in. People want to send one anonymously uh, would request they just put in who their mob are and where they're actually located because not everyone's living on the land Mm. they're from Um, just so we have an idea of the location, so it gives a context to uh, what they may be discussing there. It could be just a couple of sentences or it could be a chapter of a book almost we we don't really mind It's 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 up to people to uh, to send us what they wish to send us uh, and we look forward to the diversity of these it's uh, that's what we're trying to get an overview of, of what's out there uh, and what people are thinking
0: Terry Mason thank you very much for having a yarn with us here on karma radio
1: thank you for the opportunity enjoyed it